Hey folks, welcome to Biomast. Uh, we are on, I think, episode 53-ish, or at least one year plus one show. Uh, and we've got a, a pretty tight show for you tonight, uh, tight as in fairly focused. Uh, we've got a lot of people running around this weekend, but we still wanted to make sure that we get out some content for you. Uh, so we brought in uh, a couple of a couple guests with us, uh, one you've heard before, and one that's a brand brand new to the show, and he's going to be brand new to the Biomast uh, blog slash website here pretty soon. So without further ado, we're going to hop right on into uh, intros, and we're going to start at the bottom of the list. So Soraya, lead us off, please. I'm Soraya Zell, a member of CPM1, a co-host here on the show, and an editor of the blog. Outstanding. Pokey. Uh, Pokey Draven from OSG Planetary Operations. I am a co-host here on the podcast, and an editor and writer for the Biomass blog. Cool. And Imp? I'm in Smash. I'm just a random dust head uh, from Molon, and uh, I will be putting up and working with uh, Biomass as far as articles go in the near future. Okay, cool. Bait? Hey, I am Iowa Bait, uh, director at Demonic Cowboys and writer uh, for the Biomass blog. I want to I want to specify since um, Pokey said he's both an editor and a writer. I write too. I just I just specified myself as an editor, but I, I do write articles okay. sometimes. <laughs> and I'm Jason Larison. I'm a member of OSG Planetary Operations and Agony Unleashed on the Youth Side, uh, and I am a purveyor of the Biomast website. So uh, on that note, we're going to turn it over to Soraya Zell for one of the world's fastest CPM updates. Please take it away, Soraya. I tried it. I tried acquisition this week. That's that's about it. It's not a great update uh, as far as the CPM goes, but, <laughs> but I, we're more than willing to jump right into the discussion. No, I told you. You know, it, as I said, it's it's you know uh, really it's just uh, one of those weeks where we're still uh, you know CCP is busy handling the minor brush fires that come with releasing a patch, and and we've been kind of helping gather some of the feedback on that um, and uh, keeping an eye on things in that regard. Um, I'm also hopeful we'll have. Um, more news soon on the uh, CPM2 front, but uh, we have nothing we can we can announce at this time. Okay. Actually, there is one thing I wanted to follow up with you post uh, Rattati's visit. Uh, did he talk to you guys about his impressions of the uh, the community trailer, This Is Dust? Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he talked mostly, like, he, his responses on the forums. Um, we, we haven't, like, specifically talked to him, like, separately and aside on, on it yet, but... Um, you know, um, obviously he he enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I know CCP Frames saw it. I know CCP Manifest saw it. Obviously, Hilmar saw it because he tweeted it out. Um, I think uh, I think Guard tweeted it as well. Um, uh, so Darth's video certainly uh, made the rounds. I was actually um, I was just watching uh, uh, Velocet's um, this is Dust video um, uh, right before the show here, um, and that was pretty good too. Cool. All right. That sounds like uh, that sounds like a pretty good start to a community project there. Uh, let's see, any other other uh, for public consumption discussion or feedback on some of the stuff that uh, Rat had mentioned uh, for upcoming items in Dust? That that's code for when is my logi suit going to be fixed? Well, this is this is a question for everyone, right? No, this would be a question for you since oh, you're the only uh, person I, I, I have I have nothing for you right now. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's shocker. Okay. Um, all right. Well, let's let's dive right into kind of the meat of it, guys. We're going to talk about the 1.1 release, uh, which hit uh, about a week ago. Uh, and, and I would tell you that it was, for the most part, I think, pretty good uh, in terms of what they added. 
a lot of it had to do with the market piece, which is its own separate discussion we're going to take on in a little bit, or at least the, the initial stages. Uh, there was a new game mode, and then there was a variety of small things that they that they updated. Most, I think, a UI related mostly. Uh, with not a whole lot of in-match stuff. Is that about right, Sarai? Uh Yeah, don't forget about the skin system. That was new. True. That, that's a fair point. That's a pretty good one. So let's, uh, let's kind of take it in, in, the, in this order. Um, skins, yeah, skins, acquisition, and market. Uh, and I think that'll, that'll give some good meat to chew on. So I think the skin system broadly, uh, when, I, when I was able to open up, the first thing that I noticed about it, I haven't actually tried it, so I haven't bought anything and put it on on one of my suits. So I can't tell you how it physically works and and all that kind of good stuff. The one thing that struck me that I kind of wish that they were able to do is you can't show info on the uh, on the skins to see what they look like to see a model. Yeah, yeah, I know that's that's the big feedback point right now is that there's currently no way to preview what a skin looks like before you buy it, um, which you know is is certainly a limitation. I don't know if maybe. Um, they could at least make like a website preview thing so you can see them all or something like that. I'm not sure. Um, obviously, they would like to do that in client at some point. Um, but yeah, and the, and the other thing too is like again, I haven't really tried the skin system either um, because it you know they're, it hasn't converted all of the the previous skins and, and cosmetics we've purchased uh, to the new system yet. So um, like right now, you would have to buy new skins to see how it how it works. Yeah, I, I, now Rad also mentioned that that was part of the pr- uh, plan. It was more of a phased rollout that sort of uh, makes sure that you know there's no crazy bugs you know hidden in there. So I, I yeah, think that, absolutely. I, think, I mean, now the few people that I know that actually have loaded up a skin have all said it works quite well and they're very happy with it. It's just as a customer coming in, you don't you have no way of figuring out what exactly it is you're buying. And and uh, we'll talk about the price point here in a second. The uh, now I do know that somewhere on the forums it's most of those skins are hidden somewhere, not hidden, but they're on the forms. I've seen them before where you can actually see at least some kind of low res images of what the, uh, the skins look like. So by and large, I'm, I'm very glad they're in They You know, a lot of folks seem to seem to like them pretty much. Um, curious what you guys think about the price point in terms of the arm cost. Well, I'll tell you what, this, uh, it's a little early. I mean, looking at it right off the bat, especially since you can't view it ahead of time and they're limited to both race and size. You're thinking, all right, this may be kind of expensive, but then at the same time, the problem, it's the market, right? I mean, Eve was founded on the concept of free market. If people like the price point, if people buy skins, then it's a good price. If they don't buy skins, uh, the price point will probably be adjusted by CCP just so that people will be in on it. That's actually a pretty good point uh, in terms of uh, from a CCP standpoint. They could, you know, it only helps them if they go, if they start the bar high. And yeah, they yeah. make us work down. But that's pretty much all I have to say on it. It's, uh, it's early to tell if it's expensive or not. I mean, I, I wasn't, I'm not an e-player, and I wasn't around for what I heard was called monocle gate or whatever. And oh, yeah. So I don't oh, yeah. know how that's going to work. But. Yeah, I mean, to me, I think it should have started at a lower price point, um, even, even you know, with the intention of being able to, to go lower. It still should be. Uh, I, th- I think the price for just a cosmetic skin should be lower. Um, particularly because they are stuck to a particular race and 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 uh, suit size, and there are so many different suit sizes one may partic- may want to use during any any given account. So, I think it's it's would be preferable to make it easy to afford multiple than have a a decent investment required for a single single one. 
You know, at the same time, what they're going to do is they're going to make out a bundle. After they put this out a little bit, make sure it works, or and see what people think of them, they're going to definitely, within the next couple of months, maybe even sooner, put out a bundle like all the Mimitar skins in one little discount group or whatever. Yeah, no, I can see that. Yeah, my, my frustration comes mostly from what we've seen in BPOs in the past. I mean, uh, I'll use the Quake BPO as an example. I, I bought the Quake BPO for the purpose of having the, the skin, more or less. Um, so the, the Quake suits were about $10 each, which I, I felt was a little bit high, but they were 10 bucks. And so a skin comes out, which is also $10, but does not have a BPO attached to it. And, I mean, you can argue that, okay, well, sure, it's, it actually works on multiple suits within the, the class, and, and uh, uh, or rather the frame and the, and the race. That, that's fine. But the fact of the matter is, is that it's the same price as, as the old BPOs, but they're going to convert those old BPOs to separate the skins from them, which will then function exactly the same way that the skin you're paying $10 for. So in reality, you're basically paying the same price and effectively getting less for it. So I think that the ten dollars price point is is actually quite too high. I'd, I'd say it needs to be cut in half or so. I got a quick question for you, then, Pokey. Uh, you just said they're going to split them. The Quake, like on, if you got a Quake EPO like you did, they're going to separate the skin and the EPO itself. Yeah. Yeah, so like oh, yeah. if you bought the if you bought like the let's say Caldari uh, Quaif Assault, you will get a uh, Caldari Assault BPO which will not have a skin; it'll just be a generic color. And then you'll get a Quaif Caldari Medium BPO, which you can then apply to uh, logistics medium frames or assault suits. So what you're saying is then you could make like a competitive fit, like make an advanced fit or a proto fit, even something to run around and like say factional or PC and then attach your plate skin to that and just run around looking fabulous while still yes, being able yeah. to compete. That's what I'm excited about personally is I want to I want to always be wearing a pink suit. Always. All the time. Every every fit. I don't think anyone is surprised by that. Oh well, you look like you're gonna be able to get that. That's in the works then. Yes, that's that's what I'm very excited about, yes. Now, one angle they might go with this, which I'd actually probably be a lot more content with, is that typically in, in free-to-play games, I'll, I'll use uh, Heroes of the Storm, for example, uh, without stepping on Zell's toes for his article too much. But basically, their cosmetics are what they make their money off of. And I would argue that they're actually a little high in price. But every week, there's about three cosmetics, I think, that go 50% off, which drops the price down to actually a pretty reasonable spot. So if they did something like having, you know, two or three suits every week were half off, so it dropped it down to about five bucks, I think that'd be much more acceptable. Keeping the, the general price of $10, but, you know, every few weeks, you could potentially get the skin you wanted for, for five bucks. I think that would work a lot better for them. Well, then that also begs the question, are we going to see skins as a super, super rare drop from lockboxes? Uh, there already are some. Um, some of the oh, new really? ones are in the lockboxes, I believe. Oh, for real? I, I, I believe so. Um, you can you can check the blogs for me on that, but um, I believe they said there would be some some that were would already be in the lockboxes, that there was a set of them for that. So then I have another quick question, then. Are skins tradable? They will be. Oh, that'd be legit. That'll be very. That'd be yeah, I mean, like yeah, I mean, trading is is you know initially very very limited, um, mostly because um, things break and players are very good at finding ways to break things and ways to break things for their advantage. And so, if we're, there's going to be a way that it's going to break, it'd be ideal to find that before you can trade anything and everything, and before you can trade like 
you know, ten and twenty dollar items in the market. You might want to make sure that you can't, you can't either duplicate those items or lose those items. Um, I know right now, like there's a way, like if you send an item to an Eve character, it just gets like disappeared into the ether. You mean the ether? <laughs> yeah, kind of. Like it doesn't show up in the Eve. Like it'll let you trade to an Eve player. But it doesn't appear on the Eve player's inventory. It just it just accepts it and disappears. Now, real quick, they didn't release any of the LP versions this go around, right? No, 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 the LP skins. I know they were going to. I don't know if they're like in the store right now or if they didn't make it in or something like that. The low two point store uh, skins, the those aren't in the market as far as I'm aware. Yeah, I'm reading the dev blog right now. It says the the loyalty skins will be deployed uh, a little bit later, but the pirate drops the pirate drops at skins can be obtained via strongbox or uh, end of match salvage. It looks like. Ah, oh, okay. All right, that's not too bad. So I'll, I'll be interested to see how this uh, how this kind of works out. I was looking into. Uh, I actually wanted to. I think they've got a Garistas one, right? I was actually kind of looking into picking maybe picking that one up. Yeah, there's a Garista one in here, Kaldari. Uh, it might be for light suits only, at least from the picture in the store. Oh, in, no. In, well, I, I don't know if it's limited to... Oh, hold on. Yeah, no, the Garista is for light Kaldari suits. It looks like the Ishikone is the Kaldari medium frame. Yeah, what do they got for Galente? Uh, the Serpentis medium looks awesome, in my opinion. Okay, I'm going to have to check that out. But, you know, on, on a side note of this, you know, that's especially since uh, Rad Hopi, or I'm actually not sure how to say his name, but Howard Hopi uh, has been take, doing a lot of crowdsourcing from all the players. It, it, I'm wondering if it, it would be kind of cool if CCP did like a contest at some point where the, the players that you know play the game and can you know, model and can design, if they submit some designs for skins, like have a, and they just pick like, the best couple and put them in game, that would be pretty sweet. You know, yeah. at one point they actually talked about doing that for, you know, the like the prefit suits. Uh, they were going to have, this was pre-frame, this was a long time ago, maybe 15 months ago. It was definitely pre-FanFest 2014. What the idea was is that you would submit like a, uh, a paragraph, like a lore paragraph of like describing your character uh, and then describing the fit of the suit. And then they would pick like a winner. And then that would be the next set of uh, pre-configured suits that, that that came out. It'd be named after the uh, after the after the player. That might not be a bad time, bad thing to uh, to bring back. And then now that you've got the skin system, that's that even just adds more uh, more depth to some some kind of community event like that. Well, price aside, it sounds like conceptually the whole skin system is, is going to allow uh, for a lot of not just customization, but open it up to a lot of uh, player interaction. And I guess your role in the Dust universe. So I don't know. It sounds like a good idea, generally. Well, the big, the, the cool thing about this now. So on the Eve side, one of the things that you're allowed to do is you can submit alliance logos and stuff like that. And you can. There's a lot of things that you can do once uh, CCP accepts that as an, as a as a graphic. The other thing that they're starting to do because they also had a skin system for the Eve ships that came out almost basically the exact same same week as ours. And there's a lot of discussion right now, and it looks like they're going to uh, start taking here in the relatively near future uh, requests at some point for Alliance skins or, or Corp skins, things like that. At least that's, that is a rumor that they keep floating about, and that's something when you ask the CCP folks, they'll generally tend to tell you, yeah, there's, 
once we get through the ones that we want to do in-house for the game, there's 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 perhaps room for that in the future. Now you get into this game of of you don't want to get you know you don't want to allow the players to basically troll you or flood flood your capacity, but uh, it's not that out of the realm of the possible uh, at some point in the future to be able to submit like an alliance, like a or a corp drop suit skin uh, that you can get made up. That that probably would not be that big of a deal at some point, you know, in the mid range future. That would be like the coolest thing. One of the coolest things ever for the skins would be to for those uh, corporate uh, skins to be released. I would like that a lot. I think they make quite a bit of money off that too if they charge the arm or something. I don't know though. Oh yeah, they had to charge real money. I, I think, or well, yeah, effectively the arm is real money, but. Yeah, no, I mean, they'd have to figure out a way to, to really meter it, but that would be just an incredible thing. I mean, because it looks like clearly everybody's gone away from the paint bucket idea in CCP. Like, that was a thing both Eve and Dustside was having a paint bucket that you could kind of do your own skins or, you know, do your own color schemes and stuff. And that's definitely kind of gone by the wayside, which is fine. Uh, but it'll be kind of interesting if they can ever get to the point where the players can... Uh, have some level of control over what the skin looks like. I agree with that. But I mean, I mean, what about you know technical feasibility? Well, every skin that goes in is going to take away from system resources or on the PS3. That's going to affect performance. I mean, how much can they actually put in? How much do skins actually affect? You know, things like frame rate and lag. Well, I'm guessing they're procedurally generated. They aren't actual uh, unique JPEGs or, or PNG images. So, I mean, it's it's more of that the game is probably loading a certain number of assets and then the procedural texture is applying them together in different ways. So I'm, I'm not sure if it would be a big hindrance because procedural is typically a little less resource intensive. It certainly uh, cuts back on the unique uh, database entries like we had before with each drop suit having its own unique skin and, and loading separately. So I... I I don't know. That's more of a tech question for, I think, the devs probably. But I, I don't think it would be as bad as you say. But I also think that people might be getting ahead of themselves and thinking about what would be allowed for a player-created skin. I'm, I'm guessing it would be something akin to the Corp logo generator, where it's, again, you've got presets and you can kind of mix and match as you want, but it's not going to be like a, you know, pull it into Photoshop and create your own image sort of thing. That's just how I think it, it works. I'm not entirely positive on that, though. Okay, uh, so I think we, we've hit up the skins pretty good. So long story short, everybody seems to be relatively happy with them. Looks like a ton of potential uh, for community interaction there. That actually might be something that you might want to seek some feedback on, Zell, uh, next time you guys are rolling around for uh, discussion for next community events. Uh, I think there's a little bit of uh, a little bit of flattening out that's going to happen, have to happen with the price point, uh, but we'll see. You know, we'll see how this works out. I am kind of keen to see what the uh, the faction set, set starts looking like, too, uh, in terms of the LP piece. So on to kind of our next piece, uh, the acquisition game mode, which is uh, a bit of an interesting sort of game mode. It is not quite domination, not quite skirmish, uh, somewhere not quite in the middle either, but takes elements of both. So you have a single point uh, that spawns, I believe, randomly around the map. Uh, it, there's no discernible pattern, and I mean, hopefully it is truly random. You move up, you hack the point, and you have to hold it for five minutes. Now, the hack is extremely fast. It'll actually surprise you the first time you do it. Uh, it is not like a normal panel flip. And uh, once you 
once you've secured that uh, that panel or released that point rather you've got to defend it for five minutes and then it'll spawn in another location uh, somewhere else on the map and you just rinse and repeat so it, it has been a I, I think a fairly fun game mode uh, it's pretty interesting to there's no set pattern to it, at least that I can tell. So that changes up a little bit about how the game is played because in a skirmish, there's a, usually a very set, set set of ways that you deploy into a map or that you attack or approach points. And whereas now you're coming at it from a lot of different angles and you're actually getting into parts of the sockets that you might not have seen previously just based on where the fights were happening in skirmish or even DOM maps, which are kind of its own animal. I found the matches to be usually pretty good. Uh, again, uh, your enjoyment may vary. You know, your mileage may vary, and, and a lot of it, to me, is uh, directly proportional to uh, being in a squad versus not being in a squad. Not being in a squad, I have a tough time. Uh, being in a squad, usually, it's just it's generally much more fun as the game is sort of designed to be that way. So uh, I'll kind of open it up to the floor. I'd love to kind of get your thoughts on uh, just the general feel of it, and how do you think the new game mode's working out? I really enjoyed it. I only had time to get a couple of matches in, um, but uh, it was a lot of fun. I made uh, I made Heimdaller from uh, uh, negative feedback. I made him jump to his death, which made me extremely happy. Um, it was a small moment, but it was a moment that I'll treasure. But uh, yeah, no, the the game flow is um, it it is really solid. There's things actually move around and it, it actually feels like you may have something, you know, even if you've totally lost the objective, you, you can accept that you may have a chance to get it, get the next one. Oh, that's pretty fair. Yeah. I mean, overall, I think it, I mean, let's be honest here. It, it performs more like what domination should have been in the first place. Uh, it, it, like Zell said, if, even if you get, you know, one team really heavily entrenched around the objective, it's going to be gone in five minutes and you can potentially grab the next one. And typically if they are heavily entrenched, you usually do get the next one. So it's, it's actually more of a, a battle of skill rather than who gets there first, uh, at least on initial deployment. So I, I think in that regard, it's really good. I, I, I might say that the duration might be a little bit long on the hack point. Five minutes seems a little long. I'd like to see it switching around more often and moving to new locations to keep the battle really moving. But overall, the game game mode uh, it has a lot of potential, I think, to be probably my favorite game mode overall. Something I've noticed um, is that Jason and I said earlier that uh, you didn't think that the points moved around. I've observed um, I think it's on Ashland uh, that'd be the map with the crow's nest. Um, the point will go from, it'll start at, at where Bravo would be if you're playing Skirmish. Um, and then it'll go back to, to Charlie, and then it'll go back on to uh, Alpha um, on, on that map, at least. So there are nodes that are around the, um, around the map, so if they, if they do change, I haven't seen it once. And I've played quite a bit of the of acquisition, and uh, that was one of the things when I first noticed that pattern. I was quite uh, displeased to see that they didn't that they weren't truly or didn't seem to be truly random. Um, but I I do like that it does uh, get everybody moving instead of just camping in at one at one point for you know fifteen twenty minutes. Um, it's nice. You guys said mostly the same stuff I would have said about it. Um, but one thing, though, is 
it, it does seem to be kind of, I want to say to that, uh, it, it seems to be semi-random. Like on some maps, it seems like it always, from the start point's always the same. Sometimes it feels like 80% of the time, the second point's going to be over here, and 20% of the time it's going to be over there. And it's like, all right, uh, there's no MCC, there's no dropping in the red line. That's something I've noticed is I jumped into one acquisition game, and there's no red line for the ground spawn, and there's no time limit if you don't cap the point, and there's no clone count. So we jumped into this game, and the other team was just in their spawn. They couldn't get out, they couldn't, and everybody on the team was just sitting around their ground spawn, and they held them there and just killed them over and over and over for a good 10, 15 minutes before everybody on the other team said, all right, I'm done, and bounced out. So you kind of you almost get like these micro red line cycles. Is that what you're kind of saying? No, we're talking full-on spawn killing. There is like the only spawn, at least in the couple acquisition maps. I've only seen three maps in acquisition, but on all of them, the only spawn, there's no MCC, the only spawn is on the ground. And... It's not in the red line, so the, the, I, I joined the game late, yeah, and they just, when I joined the game slightly late, and my entire team was just literally a ring of blue dots around the spot at the end of the map, and I just see red dying constantly over and over, and I go over there, I take a couple pot shots, mostly I'm, I'm watching, and I'm like, wow, because the other guys, they can't move, they can't spawn, and they just get farmed. Like, you would farm in, like, an MMORPG for, like, 15 minutes until they all left. That's, mm, that, you know, that's a great point uh, about where those spawn points are because on the, um, I, it's, I can't remember the, it's the, pi, it's the, uh, the pipes map uh, on domi- the old domination, or really, really the new domination where they've moved the red line around. Uh, it's got that center spire and you got those huge long networks, networks of pipes on either side. Well, one of the, one of the MCCs is inside the red line. It's inside the field of play. So every time you play domination there, there's always going to be one or two guys on the pipes, and they're going to be behind you right right next to the red line. You will fall from the MCC onto the pipes right in front of them, and you get hammered. And this sounds like a very systematic way of, of how that works. So I can, I can picture clearly in my head what's happening because if you only have that one, you know, quote-unquote, safe spawn, uh, and you're just getting hammered on your way in. Uh, it's probably not going to take long for folks to figure that out. Uh, now that the word will get around, there's always going to be somebody there camping now, probably. But it's, 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 uh, it's not even in the MCC. It's not even safe. You're getting shot while you're spawning. Um, but outside of that, uh, a lot of, I have to say, a lot of what I've, I've seen on it, it's the same as what uh, Pokey said, uh, and that it's good and that you know some groups, especially some fits, are really good at entrenching, and sometimes in Dom that can be harsh. And since the point has to move, entrenching is only good up to a point. So, uh, and I also agree that the, the, the points are too short, and the small hack speed makes it so that a really sneaky scout can be a scout, sneak in there, hack the point super fast, like literally less than a second. They've got the code breakers and they've got the hack bonus, literally less than a second, and get out because in the last one minute, uh, all the gains from the hack are doubled. Oh, okay. What? Well, that makes a certain amount of sense. Yeah. So I mean, there's some, there's some tactical uh, uh, gameplay to to be had there. Um, that's pretty much my take on it. It's 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 fun. It's a new game mode. Uh, people playing Dust, I've been playing Dust since Close. Been playing Dust a long time. Any new game mode is like you know. The bees, as they said back in like the forties. 
No, I mean, I think that's fair. I mean, my limited experience with it has been pretty good, uh, but I can see that the two things that worried me were, well, really the, the biggest thing was going to be a, a predictability of the, of where the points were going to be able to generate if, if there was a pattern pattern. So if, if there is one that, that probably clearly needs to be fixed. Uh, and then part two was the selection of where those points were, were they going to be uh, useful? Uh, I will tell you that they're in some very unusual places. A few of them, like on the bridge map, the point is under the bridge, not on top of the bridge, which creates consternation slash confusion and much cussing on the net when you find that out. Although I suspect that was done intentionally, by the way. Um, but if but the spawn point issue that you bring up, though, Imp, I think is probably pretty critical. And I would, Jake, I don't know if, or correction, Zell, I don't know if anybody's brought that up to you guys or as a, as an issue with acquisition or not, but uh, that, that might actually be worth, you know, jotting down your notebook and taking back to, uh, to rat and the team. Yep. I'm actually curious if we can somehow use that new uh, transporter system they have in the Academy to, circumvent that issue in uh, to, uh acquisition hey, they don't 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 be bringing that fucking portal shit up in here into the real world <laughs> i i want to know i i actually i'm kind of interested to know how that how they think that works and uh whether or not we'll see that in uh in non-academy modes at any point soon well you know unreal yeah, my bad go ahead Iowa. i i was just gonna make a comment but the portals being uh, that I like them. <laughs> um, I, I think that it, it's a it's a good move by CCP um, for for certain maps at least. Um, not all maps I think need portals, but I think a few of them do. I I'm just such a non-fan of those things. Uh, but why? Well, I, I think it goes back to, I, 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 as Pokey has told me, I have the get off my lawn syndrome. I, I still want there to be some sort of, you know, like, hard, you know, good tactical gameplay involved and like some, you know, realistic is, is not really the word I'm looking for, but uh, something that makes practical, logical sense within the setting that we're in. Um, very much not a fan of portals uh, generally in these kind of games. I mean, we, we are we have changed the way the game is played to the point where it's kind of like Unreal Tournament three, but with a bigger map. So I I would really I would really prefer not to continue to go down that road, uh, if at all possible. Would you feel better if we called them Sinos? No, that's different. You're in space, and you've got something like the size of an aircraft carrier doing it. <laughs> I'm just giving you shit. Well, no, but, but it's that's a fair point. I mean, but I think I think the issue is, um, like, I just I don't know. Like I said, it's it's more of a game game style preference. It's not that it's bad or good. And believe it or not, I I will I will quote from CEO Pyrex. Um, the game is not designed only for me. So if I'm not happy with part of a game, you know, that's maybe on me, not on not on CCP. So I will. Uh, you can write it down here. I quoted Pyrex, uh, and and he's right. By the way, there are parts of this game that I really dislike because of the gameplay style. Like I don't really like Twitch-based shooters, and this is really becoming one. Uh, I liked more of the Rainbow Six Arma Mag kind of style shooters. Uh, so that's that's kind of my thoughts on portals. I, I lump them sort of in the same category as myofibes. Uh, 
they're not going to really change what I'm doing in the game, and I'll still have fun, but they're a bit too Looney Tunes, Warner Brothers cartoony for me. It's funny you say Mag, though, because Mag was pretty, pretty Twitch-based. Well, there's, there's, but it also used physics, like actual physics, whereas we use, I don't, well, what I don't know what we use in Dust, but it's physics. physics. No, this no, this ain't even space physics. I mean, this this is like sci-fi channel B-movie physics at best on a good day. Space magic physics? Yeah, okay. I can see 20-sided dice getting involved in some of the shit that you see on the screen. Sure. Well, you, what you're talking about, though, is uh, battle flow. You know, like battle lines having to take territory, uh, make it count. Ta- you know, and I'm a huge fan of tactical gameplay as well. But, I mean... Dust kind of goes against that in general just because of the uh, uplink system. You can't really make a battle line because someone can sneak around, put down an uplink, and all of a sudden you, you fought to take this entire city, and then the entire team is suddenly in this building in your city, and it's like, all right, well, there was no point in putting guys at the, at the uh, entrances to, to watch because they're here. Yeah, no, I, and trust me, I've got my own. I, I have like a whole different set of discussion about uplinks that you know we can have one day. We've we've had some really good dis- discussions on, you know, the relative value of uplinks. And then I, if you it, so, if you treat an uplink like you would treat a Sino and Eve, there there's some value to that. The other thing is they don't make it costly enough to use. So the bandwidth thing, they could, you know, Rotati's very interested in not having people drop repping highs at their feet. Uh, but most people would tell you that it should probably cost more more bandwidth to run a run a drop up link. Uh, the other piece of that is when you actually read the fluff component um, in you know that describes the uplinks. Uh, like when I first started the game, I read all that stuff because I assumed it was going to allude to how the thing actually worked in the match. It clearly describes these things as dealing damage to the people that go through the portal that it that it helps generate or the beacon it generates. Um, and to me, you should, if they're going to keep the bandwidth system, increase the bandwidth where that's the highest cost. And then part B, you come out on the far side with, you know, shields at a certain percentage depleted and armor at a certain percentage depleted uh, in order to make it, you know, high risk, high reward. All right, that's, that's pretty interesting. That's actually a pretty good idea. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it's like I said, that it's, it's a little, it's a tad off topic, but it's, it's, a, it's one we've had. Um, like in the, we've got some Logi channels uh, on Skype that we've thrown this around in, and that's that's generally, at least from my perspective. Again, that's just my perspective on it. Is there's I like the fact that you can have uplinks, but they need to have a cost to them. The the little jump portals they have no cost. It's literally like a mechanism that's inherent to Unreal Tournament that you would see. Um, so anyway, uh, back back on point. I think I think we can generally kind of kind of all agree that acquisition is definitely a, a kind of a breath of fresh air in terms of the, you know, the, the match rotation. So it, it's probably got a, a couple rough edges that we probably expected where we're going to have to smooth those out. And I think perhaps imps brought one up, uh, probably a pretty important one if, if there's systematic spawn camping going on at your one safe spot. So, and I'll probably be on the lookout for that, you know, here in the future. So any other thoughts on acquisition guys? No, I think it'll be interesting to see where it goes, uh, tweaking it in the future to fix some of those issues you mentioned. But I think overall, it's uh, been a pretty good success. The only thing I would like to add about acquisitions, if it hasn't been mentioned before, is that it's the perfect game mode, I think, for planetary conquest raiding mechanics. 
Yeah, no, I could actually buy that. Uh, you know, I have not put those two things together, but in theory, you're basically running after, uh, you know, a high value thing, crate, hack point. You're trying to pull data. You're trying to steal, thieve, or whatever. Uh, and that's actually not a bad, you know, sort of wrap that goes around the, you know, the match. So I can see that. That, that so, would actually be pretty legit. So this will this will tell everyone how how out of the loop and half asleep I am. Kane, when did you get here? He's been here the whole time. He did a he did an intro. Now now you're lying to me. Pokey, Pokey. I'm I'm talking. No, it's know. it's it's true. He, yeah, he just totally been here for. I was here at the beginning, and I said, uh, I, you know, I'm Kane Spiro of the Negative Feedback Alliance and a former member of the CPM. See. Just like I, that. I hate you all, but there's your intro. Okay, now we can move on. verbatim. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, Pokey, by the way, we need we need a I need to brush you up on your your ability to flow nicely into a uh, uh, improvisational skit. <laughs> well, it, it helps when I'm not taking a, a big sip of water right when you ask me to say something. I, I totally thought you were going to say you were taking a big something else, which would have been an incredibly bad thing to do on there, but that's okay. Well, thank, thank God for push talk is all I'm saying. Yeah, roger that. Okay. Uh, well, Kane, glad to have you on, man. Um, so we've kind of pitched up through the skins, through acquisition, um, and I kind of wanted to open it up uh, for discussion about the market. Now, this is the one that I will tell you uh, generally I've been – you know, relatively surprised, I guess. Well, not surprised, but um, I think the speed at which people attacked trying to build a market, and by trying, I mean, I think they are successfully building one right now. Uh, I knew that we had some people that were very keen to get involved in it, but there's been some folks that actually have uh, gone way out there and done some really good work. Uh, guys like JDEC, who've actually set up a, you know, what is now effectively kind of a, a pseudo CCP endorsed Trello board for trading. Uh, you know, it's been sticky to, I think and everything on the forum. So that's actually pretty legit uh, that you got the nod on that one, but there's a lot of Skype channels that are opening up. There's a lot of in game channels that are opening up uh, in terms of buy, sell trade, that kind of stuff. Uh, and I suspect as they continue to add things to the list of things that you can trade, which I think right now is uh, ISK only, ISK items only. I don't, I'm not sure you can do LP stuff yet, um, or or correction. Uh, I think you can do ISK. I don't know if you can do ORM stuff. Is that right, guys? The only things you can trade are select officer weapons and suits. Uh, wait a second. Uh, a buddy of mine said that one of the BPOs he pulled out of a lockbox was in the list of stuff he may be able to trade. So it might just be things that are that you paid for with ORM you can't trade, but experimental or higher, and I guess lockbox, potentially? There was a temporary bug on one of the Quaif Assault Rifle BPOs that, uh, as far as I'm aware, has been uh, removed. It, in fact, it was actually included all of the basic assault rifles, which was actually a nice thing to have on day one, because I didn't want to do test trades with officer items. No, thank you. So you can't use like just plain old pro like a like fifty. You can't swap like fifty Deval specialist no. you know, ARs for fifty no. specialist rail rifles. Oh, that's kind of bullshit. Um, you actually can't even trade uh, uh, something I really want to. I want to be able to trade is the Roden sniper rifle because it's technically a proto weapon yes. and not an officer uh, weapon. Hmm. Well, I'm curious why. Why did that limitation occur? I think I remember reading on the forums that the limitation was in order to kind of test the waters and see how many things, you know, see if it breaks or not. 
Um, I'd imagine also uh, limiting it to officer weapons limited the volume, uh, the potential volume of trading. So that way, if it was going to break the server, even with officer weapons, then CCP would be like, oh, crap, we need to fix something, you know? Um, definitely, they were going to hold off on ore items uh, until uh, they basically make sure there are no exploits for trading, you know, duping of items and all that kind of stuff. Okay. No, I, I got you. Uh, like, I was actually not aware that that was a limitation. I thought it was kind of any you could trade anything at this point. So I guess incrementally they're going to increase the faucet, uh, you know, on what you can move via trading, I assume is the plan. Yeah. The only downside that I'm seeing right now is that the way um, the trade window is set up for give item, it is just a straight list. So as more items get added to be tradable, it seems like without categories, it's going to be potentially very difficult or meta levels even saying like officer items or proto items. It's going to be very difficult to kind of scroll through a list if you have a lot of assets. Okay. Yeah. No. Well, yeah, but I, okay, fair enough. The most interesting thing I've seen so far in terms of, uh, well, one of the more interesting things I've seen so far in terms of emergent uh, gameplay, in terms of trading, is the squad finder being used to advertise items for sale um, and also, you know, uh, the advertise the request for buying certain items. Yeah, I have seen that a lot. Uh, I like to group with my core, of course, and my uh, alliance members, but sometimes I just group with people I don't know, and a lot of times I'll jump into a squad. And it'll be all trading all the time. They'll just be sitting there haggling over stuff and like, I'll trade you this for that. And it's, it's, it's definitely different. People have taken real to, to the trading, I think, to like, you know, like a fish to water. A little shout out to Godin there. <laughs> there you go. What's been, it was really one of the funnier stories I heard was that people were um, helping out with someone in a planetary conquest match and they go into ring for this PC match. And it literally, they're sitting, everyone's sitting in the PC match. This was day one of the patch, sitting around talking about trading all the way up until the PC actually started. I've even, I've been in a PC match. I was in a friendly PC match against a, a, an organization. And I actually ended up getting mails from people on the other side saying, hey, I want to sell this or do you want to buy this? <laughs> wow. Well, I, I, you know, I, I think it's a, I think it's a pretty interesting thing like uh, that people are setting up gameplay around the the market which i ex i kind of expected would happen but there's some folks doing uh doing some pretty pretty crafty stuff with it and i think crib is actually setting up shop now too uh, he's a very well well-known eve player uh that runs a, essentially a high-end escrow service uh and he's euphemistically known as the most trusted man in eve uh, probably maybe the only trusted man in eve i would go with only yeah, I'm just happy to see uh, things take off so well. Like you said, I expected it to happen at some point, but it, it's really gone nuts, and it was really cool to see it kind of happen in real time on the first couple of days, people just going crazy with it and setting things up. And it, it, it certainly changed the culture and added an additional layer to the game, and I think that's what we really need right now is, is more layers to the overall meta gameplay. The trading aspect to this game, to me, was a, a missing pillar of dust. I mean... 
it's slated as a MMO FPS, and you know, without a pillar of market, you know, yes, the NP, there's the NPC market, but that's not anywhere near the same as having a player-to-player market. Yeah, I mean, um, this is the this is the the bread and butter of New Eden, and it's it's been sorely missing, and it's really really glad, to, exciting to have it in the game. Oh yeah, absolutely. Just hope. I hope this isn't an endpoint. I hope this gets built upon. Like maybe, maybe CCP can use the the backend stuff that they've established with um, the ability to send items to maybe create at some point down the road um, a, an actual like an auction house or a, an actual like more a player market similar to something you would see in Eve with like you know market orders and buy orders and you know that kind of stuff. Well, and not to mention with the ability to trade uh, items and having actually a market popping up, it certainly opens doors for the potential of having a, an actual industry in the game where you're crafting items and you're getting materials from battle and building stuff and selling to other people. And I think that that, again, is another layer that we, we really need to kind of bring it up to a true New Eden game rather than just a, a plain lobby shooter. Yeah. I think we have some of the base components there already with uh, um, the War Barge. I mean, the War Barge does produce random items, but I mean, and we have these salvage items that were uh, slated to be used in some kind of crafting mechanic, you know, like the uh, mel- melted heat, sheet, uh, heat sinks and stuff like that. I really think that if there's a way, if they end up creating a way to transmute uh, transmute an item, like, you know, take an assault rifle and make it into a rail rifle, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, you'll see trading even getting deeper because you'll have people who are on the market who will buy up maybe officer items that aren't used as pre- or that aren't as prevalently used. You know, uh, one of the items that's some uh, not as a hot of a commodity uh, would be the Krenz uh, assault rifle. So maybe someone takes a Krenz assault rifle and they use a, the crafting mechanics to turn it into a Kalante assault rifle, which actually sells uh, fairly well on the market. Um, I think. Having adding maybe some of those dynamics to the game uh, could even add a, a further layer. I mean, the I, the fact is, dust has now crossed the threshold to where you could sit in your merc quarters, never fire a gun, you know, other than like you know to get to your uh, loyalty rank four. You could sit there and never like actually play a match and actually you know play the game and be a part of the community and be a part of everything that's going on. And I do think that's valuable. Is that you know. There, there should eventually be more than one even way to play the game without necessarily focusing on shooting. I feel the social aspects of the game are the most important and, and why people are still here. And um, sometimes I don't think it gets quite enough love from CCP that it, than it should. At the same time, you always want to be driving people to actually uh, go into matches so that we have, you know, you know, matchmaker, you know, people are matchmaking and all that kind of good stuff. We don't end up with... Uh, you know, problems with so many people not playing the actual FPS aspect that we end up with issues of matchmaking and things like that. But I, I don't really foresee that being too much of an issue. And actually, on that note, Zell, uh, I know that when the initial screenshots for the trading system came out, it displayed a 10% ISK trading fee. And Rattati mentioned that that was just a test value and it was going to be much lower. And it obviously came out and it was still 10%. Do you know they, if that's changing? They it's patched gone. it. it it's they gone changed to 3%. Oh, okay. Then I corrected. I still think 3% is too high, but the, I, I might be slightly biased. It inf- in, in, infringes on your margins. Well, honestly, what I, 
I know that some people are a little hesitant to tie uh, new features to or income and stuff like that. But I think something that would be va a valid way to promote an item that we already have for sale would be to have Jara decrease the um, tax. That makes uh, sense to me. I, I absolutely yeah, I, yeah, I can buy that. that. Because that way, because right now, Jara kind of competes, the player market kind of, comp the player to player market competes with Jara a little bit. So I would like to eliminate that kind of conf conflict of interest, if that kind of makes sense. I want CC to be like, oh, player marketing is awesome. Not only do we have the player marketing that, in, you know, keeps players interested, oh, we can also sell Jara too, you know? Yeah, I really like that, though. Uh, it would be nice to get a little bit more use out of Jara. That's pretty cool. But yeah, no, that's actually a really good idea, by the way, of tying the Jara feature to uh, additional market advantages. I think you could also, I, I mean, you know, my honest, uh, if I were going to like really kind of dream on a whiteboard here, I would tell you that you should have a down the road, you'd really want like a set of skills like you have in EVE where you can affect how you do trading and marketing. Um but like I said, I, I'm not sure. I mean, hell, there, there's there's stuff way before that they need to get to in the skill tree, which we could do an entire hour-long show on, and, and I think we have in the past. So that's just uh, something, something to kind of consider with that. Um, but I do like the idea of trying to adjust things where it's more favorable or there's a way to increase your profitability through action activity or I, I'm, I'm hesitant very hesitant to tie it to loyalty ranks, but uh, there's got to be a way that you can make it a little bit more better, you know, down the road. I could see it to where, okay, if you have max skills in EVE, you get uh, a point seven five percent sales tax, I do believe. That may, be, that may be a little off. I think it's normally, it's like one and a half, and then you can get it reduced. What I could see... I like it, that, yeah. What I could see potentially is um, if you didn't go the skill route, but if you went like loyalty rank and um, Jara, Jara decreases it by half. So that makes it from a 3% to 1.5%. And then your loyalty rank, every tick of your loyalty rank decreases the trade fee by 0.1%. So okay. then your base, like, so if you have a loyalty rank 10 and Jara, that would mean that you get a 0.5% sales tax uh, or trade fee, mind you. Gotcha. All right. That's actually, uh, like I said, I, I, I'm kind of digging the ideas, but what it, uh, you know, I think as you, so you definitely hit the nail on the head with saying that there is a shift in what is possible now for dust. Now that you have some level of entry into the market or you actually have a market that you can work with now. So it should be kind of interesting to see how this rolls out. Now, what I'm hoping is that they will get all the data they need over the next couple three weeks to, uh, you know, very consistently continue to open up the aperture for what they can put out uh, for trades. The the faster they get, they can safely get to pretty much anything is available to move via trade, the better. And if they could ever get to a contract system, uh, like an actual trading contract system, man, that would be just that'd be just uh, huge. I, I think, in all fairness, that we would probably we're going to run out of. I think we're gonna we, we may very well end up running out of PS3 before we run out of things to do for Dust that that should have been in Dust from day one. Yeah, absolutely. Contract system has definitely been uh, something I've always wanted to see because um, you know, given the right setup to the contract system, you can do pretty much everything. You can do bidding. You can do item one-off item trades. 
Um, you can do potentially contracts for ringing, you know, because um, you just type in the description of what the contract is Service for. Contract. Yeah, I mean, you can do anything. You, I mean, if it's set up well, you could basically do pretty much anything you want. Um, the problem is the what's what kind of dev costs are inherent to something like that, you know, and that kind of thing. To me, we've taken a huge leap forward with even a simple give item function. Uh, the trust-based side of it is a little, uh, I mean, it's easier to scam with a give item function. I mean, the only other scam in, in EVE that's probably as easy is the send me your isk and I'll double it scam. <laughs> yeah. And we, we've had a few few folks on Dust try that. So, um, and, and there actually have been a few people I think that have been taken very early in the market uh, to include a couple of well semi well known players. Uh, and just word to the wise, if you think it's like slick to to burn somebody like on the like the first week of trading being opened, you may get a laugh out of it, but that shit will come back and haunt you at some point. Uh, at least do it from an alt, yo. <laughs> yeah, that was um, one of the big ones. Was uh, I know Thor. Thor? Thor got taken for twenty-eight and a half million isk worth of worth of assets um, by uh, Fire to My Blunt, who's one of the lead guys of uh, Phoenix Federation. Um, I was tickled. I was amused. Yeah, I was too. But I was just like, wow, that's uh, that that could get expensive. Uh, it seems like it's a good deal deal now for uh, for Blunt, but I that may not work out well in the long run. <laughs> Not only that, I mean, people like to shout, oh, this is New Eden, but by the same token, I think people miss the other side of that coin, which is, yes, this is New Eden, and all of your actions have consequences and la and stick with you throughout your career. Yep. But that's so, what attracts people to this game, though. If, if, if we weren't free to be uh, how we want to be, and if, if we didn't have consequences for our actions, this would be, you know, Call of Duty. The consequence, the consequence side of it, you're absolutely right. I mean, we're all basically we are creating player stories every time we go on and we engage with each other in any of these actions, and whether it be trading or planetary conquest or faction warfare. Well, that's very true. Um, so, guys, we, we're actually running a little short on time. So, what I would like to do is uh, get kind of your last, uh, kind of your last save rounds on one point one, just your your general first impressions of the first week. Uh, Kane, you'll go last, give you a minute to, to kind of get your thoughts together on it uh, since we've been talking about it for a little over an hour now or right out, right, yeah, right out an hour now. Uh, so just kind of give your, your uh, sort of general impressions. Give us the, uh, you know, the thumbs up or thumbs down for uh, Warlords 1.1. And uh, uh, then while you're at it, uh, well, we'll do that first, then we'll come back for shout outs, uh, you know, just to make sure everybody gets uh gets a good shot at uh, kind of their 30-second review of Warlords 1.1. Zell, you're up first, man. Um, I, I'm pretty happy with uh, 1.1 so far. It's been a lot of fun. Um, my shout-out is to um, everyone involved in the uh, the new Avengers movie, which I really wanted to spoil heavily on this episode, but uh, Jay and Pokey told me no. That's right. And... It would be it'll just go incredibly poorly for any of you if you attempt to spoil anything for Pokey and I who have not seen the movie. So moving on. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, let's go to Pokey. What are your thoughts about 1.1, man? Uh, I, I'm very pleased with it. Uh, acquisition has a lot of potential. I think it needs some tweaks, but it's overall pretty great. Uh, love the new UI update. Making fittings is no longer a total headache. Having everything sorted is awesome. 
Uh, would be cool to have that same feature actually in battle to organize things, but overall, uh, really great. And skins will be interesting uh, as they pan out. I hope they rethink their marketing scheme a bit, but overall, I'm excited to see where they go with it. All right, man. Uh, sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm also going to say pretty good job, uh, especially seeing as we weren't expecting major updates, and then now we're getting lots of major updates. It's a pretty major update. I, I ha- can't really complain about anything uh, fairly as it's premature, uh, despite what people may say about trading and whatnot. So great job, uh, some key acquisition uh, and the trading and the UI, and like we just mentioned, it's, it's, it's a nice, it's, it makes it look cleaner. I like how dust looks cleaner, so good job with that. All right, cool. Bate? Uh, yeah, the, as Pokey was saying, the dropship, or not dropship, dropsuit um, folders, if you will, are lovely. I love them to death. Um, very pleased with player trading and the... Uh, Lack of scammers. I think I've seen maybe 10 major scammers on three um, trade channels. I'm happy to see that those numbers are low um, as far as scammers are concerned. Uh, and uh, just overall pleased with this update. Um, most fun I've had in Dust uh, for a while. Would totally rate five Warbarch subsystems out of five Warbarch subsystems. <laughs> okay. Uh, Kane? Overall, I'm extremely happy with the, the update. Um, the trading, I think, is a monumental step forward. I'd like to see more growth on that front. Um, I think acquisition is going to be is an excellent game mode and has the potential of, uh, if it used for something like Planetary Conquest, revolutionizing um, the way we play the game, I think. Um, the only big gripe that I have is that there is a bug where once you are deployed, you can no longer see anyone in squad or anyone in team. So if you try to move around in a squad, like say you go and join a faction warfare match and you try to squad up, you can't. If you join a PC and you try to move into a different squad, you can't. If you DC and you come back, you cannot rejoin a squad. It's very problematic for some of the higher end organizational stuff. And it's very frustrating. But other than that, I'm extremely happy with uh, where we've gone and I think where we're going right now with Dust. Okay. Um, I, guess, I guess I would have to give it, like, uh, like I said, the thumbs up. It's a pretty good patch in terms of they did pretty much what they said they were going to do skin system seems to work uh it would be really cool though if you could actually see the skin before you bought it uh, without without doing some google work so uh, i'll i'll take that as a uh rough edge they got to buff off but the idea of having uh customization for arm has been around for a long time and i really like how they've done it uh, and interesting note the they're actually the designs for the for the suits parallel the ships for eve so if you look at the Ishikon skin for Eve, uh, for the Eve ships, like the Scorpion or whatever, the Ishikon uh, dropsuit skin is a very, very similar lay, uh, you know, color tone and design design pattern. I thought that was actually pretty neat, uh, probably a good idea. So skins work good. Uh, acquisition seemed to be pretty happy with that. Uh, I will say Imp brought up some really good points there, reference uh, uh, a little concern if there's some predictability to the spawn patterns of the of the points, uh, and probably more more concerning is the ability to camp the other team at their ground spawn. Uh, so, uh, probably something we definitely need to take a look at. Uh, by we, I mean the royal we, as in somebody that lives in Shanghai. Uh, and the player trading, uh, having any trading at all, is good. 
uh, and I, it's definitely better than it was. And I just, I think the proof will be if they continue to very consistently and very steadily open up the gates on what what you're you are allowed to trade. So all in all, uh, give it a thumbs up. Uh, it's got some definitely some room to grow on, but in terms of establishing a foundation for some things that can be pretty interesting for the game over the next year, yeah, I'll buy it. It's pretty good. So uh, with that, guys, let's go ahead and do a, a quick roll of shoutouts. Um, we'll we'll go ahead and do the same order we just did our, our kind of. Uh, I did my shoutouts. Oh yeah, fair enough. That's absolutely fine. But by the time I say this, Zell's probably already asleep. Uh, Pokey, any shout-outs, man? Uh, just a shout-out to uh, the development team. I mean, 1.1 is great. Uh, it's got some room for improvement, but overall, you guys did a great job with it, and I'm glad to see that you are continuing uh, to improve the game despite uh, expectations post-FanFest. It's it's always great to see things moving in a good direction. Good deal. Imp, any uh, shout-outs? Uh, this might sound like kind of an odd shout-out, but I, I want to shout-out to the, uh, the Dust forum uh members uh, lately the culture or the atmosphere no i say lately the last six months has been moving from less just emotional i've just got to shout out how angry i am on the forums and more towards serious discussion which is helping with the crowdsourcing faction uh, factor uh, of dust development so for all you guys out there on the forums who are sitting there having decent conversations trying to keep it as reasonable and unbiased as possible great job i thought i think it's been a huge bump a boom to the game okay all right that that'll work pretty well then man um bait yeah uh shout out to my corporation the mount cowboys um and to the various number of uh people i've squatted with that weren't from the corporation uh jagman i'm Drexus Prime, Ripley. Uh, thank you guys for squadding. It was much fun. And uh, this is a little bit off dust, but shout out to the Game Pimp Society on YouTube for uh, making those Christopher Walken throughs. Highly recommend watching them if you want a good laugh. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. Uh, Kane? Just a shout out to Negative Feedback Alliance and uh, also a shout out to all of the people who have um, used my escrow service so far and who have also um, uh, executed their trades uh, through Sparrow escrow services. Um, that's going to be a big thing once BPOs come out, so just hit me up if you got those BPOs to sell and you want to make sure you get treated right. All right. Um, okay, so quick shout outs. Uh, I, I'll, I'll throw a shout out to Jadek Menaheim for doing a lot of work setting up that Trello and actually uh, doing some prep work for the market. Uh, there's certainly a lot of other people that are heavily involved, uh, not least of which is Kane, who's in channel with us. But uh, Jadek's really kind of taken that one, uh, and he is definitely an unsung hero of the of the Dust community. Does a lot of really cool community stuff and has run a lot of community events. Uh, he's also, you know, becoming fairly well known on the Eve side for this too, by the way, uh, for his work on the Eve side. So. Uh, my funny haha shout out for the week is going to be now you got to Google this, okay? This is no kidding. It's a it's an absolute great YouTube series. If you are a fan of the Warhammer 40k, um, you know, game genre novels, fluff, you know, all that kind of jazz with the Warhammer 40k, um, there is an absolutely pee your pants funny uh youtube series called uh if the emperor had text-to-speech uh if you know anything about 40k you'll know exactly what i'm talking about when i say the emperor and then text-to-speech so 
even if even if you are only passingly familiar with it, it is well worth well worth your time. There's God, there's uh, shit. There are almost twenty episodes of it, and they're all about you know maybe four or five minutes long. Absolutely hilarious, guys. I highly recommend that you check it out if you're a 40k fan. So if the emperor had te- text to speech, um, and then uh, stand back, stand back and watch it go. So. The last thing, uh, Pokey and I got a homework assignment from Zell. We have to watch uh, Avengers this week, which we had actually both planned on watching it this weekend, but for varying different reasons, we weren't able to. So we will do our uh, our homage to pop culture next week uh, when we have a, an Avengers episode as we talk about uh, all things that Dust should have had that we can pull from the Avengers movie. So we'll just set the topic now. Uh, and that'll be all good. And then, uh, then for an added fun, we'll name like uh, key folks in the Dusk and CCP community, and name them after certain uh, you know characters from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and we'll see how close we can get. Uh, so we'll, we'll let everybody roll in the tweets and uh, the forum post to let me know who uh, who Zell's going to be. And then we'll unveil that on the show. So with that, guys, we're going to go ahead and uh, call it a night. And we really appreciate you guys coming in for uh, episode one year plus one. Uh, so thank you very much for one more episode of Biomass under our belt and we'll see you next week. So good night and good luck.